0: Again, good morning, church. I want to welcome all of you back to the house of the Lord. Even though we are at different locations, but we gather together in the name of our Lord. And your house which is now a place of worship. And let us continue to pay attention to the Word of God as it is a time for the Word of God. But before that, once again, I want to welcome everyone who joined us for the first time. If you are not a member of our First Assembly, let me encourage you to Let us know who you are, where you are from. And also there will be a QR code at the end of the service. I would like you to just scan at the QR code and let us know that you're worshipping together with us. We want to connect with you and we want to continue that you will be with us and we want to have you with us every Sunday. And also for members of First Assembly, I want to say a very good morning to you. Let's continue this discipline of worship together, of singing songs of giving, listening to the Word of God, prayer, and responding to the Word of God. And this morning, if you are watching this, family of First Assembly, do continue to give a shout out of Amen, Hallelujah at the live chat box. Liven it up. Interact with one another. And also, for those of you that you may not be able to watch this, do remember that we have an audio sermon. We have audio sermon on Spotify, whereby you can go to the Spotify or even Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, so that we will be, so that you will be able to listen to the weekly uh, Sunday service, and you'll be able to hear all the sermon. It's only the sermon. So, if you like to have only the sermon, uh, listening at any time, do download this uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, so that you'll be able to listen to it. Now, today is the first week of the month of March. And we are actually one month away from Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday will be the first Sunday of the month of April. And this year, it will be on the 4th of April. And this is what I want to encourage you right now. Church, Easter Day is a day that we celebrate and remember the work of Jesus Christ whereby He is resurrected. With the resurrection of Jesus, there's power for salvation. There's power for change. There's power for healing. And there's power to ask God to grant us the need according to the riches of His glory. So right now, throughout this entire month of March, as we are going into the month of April, I would like to encourage you to go to this Google form and I would like you to key in name of salvation. If you have a name, and I hope that you will always have names of those whom you want to uh, present before the Lord, and ask God and says, God, give salvation to this person. Go to this Google form, write down the person's name. Or you can go to this Google form and you can write out a confession of change so that, for example, you may say, God, I have this habit, I have this attitude, I have this issue that I would like to change. I would like you to give me the power. Write it down. Or if you have a healing that you want to ask God for, write it down or if there's any other needs, also write it down. Now, this form is anonymous, meaning that we will not know who presented the prayer request. And of course, we will also not tell anyone because it is anonymous. And also the prayer item is also anonymous. But what we want to achieve here is this, church. The Bible says that we need to express our prayer. And as you go to this form, and as you present it to the Lord, as you tap it in, what we are going to do on that Easter Sunday, that we are going to have a cross, a wooden cross, and we are going to put all these prayer requests, we are going to pin it on the cross, and we are going to hand it to the Lord. When we pin it on the cross, it is a gesture of submitting and laying it all on the cross. So therefore, brothers and sisters, throughout the entire month of uh, of March, let me encourage you, Any day, any time, log into this Google form so that you can continually give your prayer requests. You can give as many as you can, as many as you want. And we are going to pray for it on Easter Day. We are getting ready for Easter Day. I hope that you will be excited because we believe there is power in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? If you believe that, type in into the live chat box and say There is power in the cross of Jesus Christ. There is power in the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Now this morning, I would like to continue to talk about the Gospel of Mark as we are into the fifth chapter. Now if you string together chapter 4 and chapter 5 of the book of Mark, you will see a series of miracles that Jesus performed. Last Sunday, Brother Nick, have shared chapter 4 of the Gospel of Mark with us. And it is about Jesus calming the storm and also about Jesus restoring a demon-possessed man whereby Jesus casted a legion of demons into the herd of pigs, numbering about 2,000. And today, we are into chapter 5 whereby we, are too, uh, we, are, we will see Jesus performing two more miracles. Number one is the healing of a sick woman. And number two is the raising of a dead girl. Now through the series of miracles that the book of Mark is presenting to us in chapter 4 and chapter 5, Mark, the author of this book, would want to tell us that Jesus is no ordinary person. He is Lord over everything and he has authority over nature, over death, over demons, and over diseases. And Jesus is truly the Lord of all. So, in light of that, how shall we live? After all, every day we see the people falling sick. Every day we see the people dying for all kinds of diseases and sicknesses. Does it mean that we as Christians, as long as we have faith, that I will not die of any sickness? Does it mean that I will not have cancer, stroke, diabetes? Depression? Does it mean that I will always, always be protected from the COVID virus? And will I always be healed if I'm infected with the virus? And if I die, will I be always resurrected to life? Now church, let me get this straight. Diseases and death, trials and hardship, they are part and parcel of our fallen world. Whether Christian or not, we are not exempted from it. But I have good news for you today, church. What Jesus did on the cross, it has given us the power of resurrection. And also, it comes the, uh, the, 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 the free, uh, the salvation, uh, the free gift of eternal life. He has given us peace. He has given us strength. He has given us comfort in our journey of hardship, trial, and tribulation on earth. So as we face the moment of hardship, pain, and even death, what shall we do? How then shall we live? Now in this passage, Mark chapter 5, that we are about to read, it teaches us when we are facing all this, we need to reach out to Jesus. And how can we do that? Let me encourage you two ways. Number one, reach out to Jesus in our pains and losses. Reach out to Jesus in our pain and losses. Now the Gospel of Christ does not ignore the reality of pain and suffering that we face every day. The Bible is not just about living victoriously, positively. It's not all just about victory and victory. Yes, there are victories. But it's not just about victories. It is not just all about blessing, prosperity, and wealth. As good as all these promises are, the Gospel also touches on the issue of pain, suffering, and loss. And we read Jesus is not about preaching and teaching. Jesus is also all about compassion, about human touch, about caring those who are in need and in suffering. So let's look at Jesus' compassion And how he dealt with people who are in need through this scripture in Mark chapter 5. Let's turn to Mark chapter 5, verses 21 to 24. And this is what it says When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus. Came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hand on her so that she be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Now, church, a synagogue leader, sorry, a synagogue, a synagogue is a place where Jews come together. For worship, It is a place of prayer, of teaching, the reading of Torah, which is the first five books written by Moses, and other community activities. Now, in a city or a place where worship cannot pl- take place in the temple of God, a synagogue will be the central place of worship. So there are many different synagogues throughout the region of Judea and Samaria. And also, there are many different synagogues in the world today. It's a place for Jews to worship where they do not have the access to the temple of God. Many different rabbis, Pharisees and teachers of the law will go to the synagogue every day to teach and preach, including Jesus himself. In the next chapter, in chapter 6, we will read that Jesus went to one of the synagogues to teach and to preach. But during special festival festival dedicated to the Lord. All Jews must go to the temple. They must make a pilgrim to go back to the temple and bring offering. When offering is made, it's always made at the temple of God. But when worship is done, they can do it at the nearest local synagogue. So, for every synagogue, there will be a leader or a committee of leader. Whether full time or not, there will be leader or group of leaders to take care of the worship, the administration and the place of the synagogue. So in verse 22, we read that Jairus was one of the synagogue leader. So Jairus is in charge of the physical management of the worship of that local synagogue. He would have been a well-respected leader in his community because he is a synagogue leader. He would, uh, we would assume that he is of certain measure of influence, status, or perhaps wealth. But in spite of the commitment of serving God as a, com- uh, as a synagogue leader, he has a pain in his heart. His one and only daughter is sick. The book of Luke tells us that the daughter is 12 years old. And I'm sure as a synagogue leader, he would have connection and resources to bring cure, to bring healing and restoration to the daughter. But the Bible says that nothing seems to work. After all his effort, all his connection, all his resources, all his wealth, he could not bring healing to the sick daughter. And now he is watching her, his own one and only daughter fading away in, in health and in the brink of death. He is literally seeing his daughter dying before his very own eye, and there's nothing he could do. Can you feel that pain? Can you feel the father's pain? Tragic, isn't it? And we read that Jairus came to Jesus, and he fell at his feet. A leader, a man, falling at the feet of Jesus. Casting away all his pride. So, he pleaded earnestly with Jesus to heal his dying daughter. And amazingly, Jesus agreed. Jesus says, yes, let's go. So, Jesus went to Jairus' house immediately so that Jesus could heal the dying daughter. Now, I believe at this point, Jairus' hope for his daughter' healing shot right up to the roof. On that day. Now up to this point, Church, I would like to encourage you, brothers and sisters, to reach out to Jesus. Reach out to Jesus in your pain and losses. Do not be too proud to come to Jesus. Do not let your status or your pride hinder you to come to Jesus. Do not say to yourself that, well, I'm strong, I'm resourceful, I'm intelligent, I'm an independent person. I'm a leader. Do not let that hinder you to come to Jesus humbly and even falling at the feet of Jesus. Don't say that, well, I am so independent and resourceful. God has given me such talent that I do not need to come to Jesus. I do not need to bother Him yet. But we need to always come to Jesus all the time. Or perhaps you may say to yourself, well, if Jesus wanted to heal, He would have healed, uh, he would have healed uh, my, uh, me or my daughter. I do not need to come to Jesus and beg. Some of you, you may have that thought. But we are told and we are learned, uh, we, we need to learn here that we need to reach out to Jesus. Do not let your pride or ego hinder you from coming To Jesus humbly, because coming to Jesus is not a sign of weakness. No, it's a sign of courage. It doesn't mean that you are problematic if you come to Jesus. It doesn't mean that you 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 are problematic when you come out for altar call. No. It doesn't mean that you have done something shameful whenever you come to Jesus. Therefore, church, we need to always maintain a humble. And responsive heart before the Lord. And do not let peer pressure hinder you to come before the Lord. Just because everyone else is not responding, just because everyone else is not coming to Jesus doesn't mean that you follow them. Majority is not always right. So come to Jesus always, all the time, and that is the right thing to do. Always. So tell the person next to you, come to Jesus all the time. And if you are watching this alone, type into the live chat box and says, come to Jesus all the time. So church, don't be shy. Don't be proud. Come to Jesus. Well, some are too proud to let others see themselves coming to Jesus, There are some who are too timid to come to Jesus. They may be too cautious, too afraid to come to Jesus. They are too afraid of what people would think about them. They are too afraid of being rejected. But here we read that when Jairus, a synagogue leader, a man, full of resources perhaps, came to Jesus, fell down at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, Yes, I am willing. I'm willing to come with you. Church, Jesus is willing. He always do. All we need to do is to come to Him. Reach out to Him in our pain and losses. And Jesus is willing. Jesus is able. So reach out to Jesus. Now as we continue in this passage, Jesus followed Jairus, going fast-paced to his home to meet with the dying daughter. But in the midst of rushing to Jairus' home, Jesus was met with another person. It was an unnamed woman with an incurable bleeding condition. Now, let's look at the passage again. Mark chapter 5, verses 24 to 26. And this is what it says. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. A woman was there who had been subjected to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now, church, this woman, we are told, that is experiencing chronic bleeding disorder. Now, notice that her persistent bleeding issue is not caused by the medical condition itself. Her pain was also caused by the mishandling of many physicians. Now, medical science during uh, Jesus' time, they were not that uh, uh, advanced. Now, they do not have the medical understanding and the medical technology that we have today. And therefore, Medical mishandling is not a surprise. And it caused a great deal of problem to the bleeding women. Now, as we read this, take note that the woman is not just facing physical pain, that she's also facing emotional pain. Her trust has been broken and disappointed again and again by the many physicians that she went to. She also experienced financial loss. she has spent all that she had. perhaps she is now already broke. she's not getting any better, and instead her condition became worse. But there is another kind of pain which is not apparent here as you read in the passage. It is the religious and social pain that she's experiencing, according to the law of Moses in Leviticus chapter 15, it says that her condition, her bleeding condition, would render her or make her religiously unclean in a Jewish community. She is considered as ceremonially unclean as long as she has the bleeding issue. And she must isolate herself from others. She cannot touch other people. And the things that she touches, the chair that she sat on, the bed that she lies on, it will all be considered unclean and anyone who touches the chair or lies down on the bed will be considered unclean also. She will be isolated and she needs to be isolated. And this excludes her from all normal social relationships with people. Can you see the pain that she's experiencing? Physically, emotionally, financially, religiously, socially. All this pain and losses for 12 years, church. Tragic, isn't it? Can you feel the pain that she's going through? Compared to us today, we are going through MCO, and how long have we went through? One year. But this woman, she went through it 12 years. But what did she do? Let's read on. Mark chapter 5, verses 27 to 28. And this is what it says. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Now church, this woman had a simple plan when she heard that Jesus is coming to town. All she had in mind is just to go near Jesus and touch his clothes. She did not even dare to tell Jesus and say, Jesus, come and heal me. No. She did not even plan to touch Jesus himself. Her simple plan was just to touch the garment of Jesus. And she had no plan whatsoever to make herself known. But it did not stop her or hinder her to reach out to Jesus and touch his garment. Now, we may consider that it is superstitious. Why do you need to go and touch the garment of a person in order to get healed? But take note of this. She reached out to Jesus despite all that she is suffering from. So, she fought her way amidst the crowd to go nearer and nearer to Jesus. And somehow, she managed to touch the garment of Jesus when Jesus was walking fast-paced, hurrying in following Jairus to his home. And what happened? And this is what the Bible says. Mark chapter 5, verse 29. And it says here, Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. The Bible says, immediately. Now, once again, the book of Mark says, immediately. Immediately. Now, miraculously and immediately, she was healed from her 12 years of bleeding. There were no physicians that can do that in 12 years. But Jesus did it immediately. Now, what was Jesus' response? Let's read Mark five thirty to 32 At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you? His disciple answered. And yet, you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Now, church, Jesus' response is quite comical. There were so many people and so many other people crowding and jostling around Jesus. And yet, Jesus asked this question two times. Two times! Who touched my cloth? Who touched my cloth? Now, I'm sure that you will be asking, why did Jesus wanted to single her out? After all, she's healed. Isn't that good enough? Just leave her alone and let her live happily ever after. Now, it is perhaps that Jesus do not want the women to slip away with only a physical healing. Jesus wanted a full and holistic healing. The fullness of healing, spiritual as well as physical, it can only occur when a person has an encounter with Jesus himself. Not just to come secretly touching the garment, But I believe that Jesus wanted to single her out so that the women can experience a holistic healing, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Now today, as you reach out to Jesus, do not just come only to receive. Reach out for an encounter. Always have an encounter with Jesus Church. Every week when you come for this online service, have an encounter, not just a watching experience. Every time when you go for prayer, go for small girl, when you read the Bible, have an encounter. Reach out to encounter Jesus. So when Jesus asked, who touched my clothes? The woman made herself known. And this is what Mark chapter 5 verse 34 says. Then the women, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the truth, the whole truth. As soon as the woman realizes that Jesus is seeking her out, she was afraid. Because by deliberately touching another person, she had just breached the rule and the Lord of Moses it is impossible to make Jesus unclean. Rather, touching Jesus makes her clean instead of making Jesus unclean. But the woman's fear and trembling may also be due to her expression of timidity. It may be an expression of amazement at the power that she received from Jesus just by touching the garment of Jesus. Because we read the same thing happened last week When Brother Nick shared about Jesus calming the storm, the disciples, when they saw Jesus calming the storm, they say that they were terrified and were afraid. They were fearful. So, fear is an expression of awe. They were in awe and amazement. And so, perhaps the women responding in the same manner She was afraid because she is in awe and amazement at the power of Jesus. So church, from the story of Jairus and the women with the blood issue, let us learn to reach out to Jesus in our pain and losses. Now, I know that this is very basic. You have heard it many times. But are you reaching out to Jesus in your pain and losses? Jairus and the women reach out to Jesus and they reach out desperately. And what happened? Jesus reached out to them compassionately. When, Jesus reached, uh, when Jairus reached out to Jesus, Jesus says, Yes, I'm willing. Today, if you want to reach out to Jesus, the good news is this: Jesus is willing. Jesus is able. He can do far more than what we could ever ask or imagine because Jesus truly knows who is reaching out to Him and He has the power to heal us, to mend our heart, to give us comfort, to give us healing because He is God over nature. He is God over diseases. He is God over demons. And when He touches us, we indeed will be healed. We indeed will be in awe and amazement as well, church. Now, I do not know what pain and losses you're facing today. Some of you, you may be facing physical pain or illnesses. Some of you, you may be facing mental issues. You may be facing emotional pain, relational hurts. It may be loneliness, despair, anxiety. It can also be financial loss. But in time of pain and losses, I often find that there are two responses. The first response is to find fault, blame and lash out at Jesus or lash out to other people. They may even leave their faith altogether. The other response is that when they have pain, they amazingly find rest and healing and comfort in Jesus. Yes, they still struggle. They still go through all the hardship and tribulation. But they continue to find comfort in Jesus in spite and despite all the discouragement, all the pain that continues on in their life. And in time, through the power of Jesus Christ in their life, and through the support of other believers, such as small group members in their life, I always see that they emerge stronger and stable in their life and also in their faith. Indeed, Jesus is truly Lord over all. So turn to the person next to you again and say, reach out to Jesus. Reach out to Jesus. So first, We must learn to reach out to Jesus in our pain and losses. Secondly, we must learn to reach out to Jesus in our persevering faith and hope. Reach out to Jesus in our persevering faith and hope. Let's continue to read the story of the women. Now, remember that this woman is desperate and she ran out of option. She is exhausted all her resources and even her finance. And her last hope is to reach out to Jesus and to touch His garment. And the miraculous happened. Mark chapter 5, verse 29, again. Let's read this verse again. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Now, church, the Bible tells us that a woman felt in her body. She felt, meaning that she knew, not just in her head, not just as a knowledge, but as a real life experiencing immediately, miraculously on the spot. She knew. She felt in her body. She received it immediately. Totally. And this is what Jesus says, Mark chapter 5, verse 34. Jesus says this, He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Here we see that faith plays a big, huge factor in the woman's healing. Her faith has healed her. But it was not faith in faith itself, it was faith in Jesus' healing power. With faith, by that faith, she touched Jesus' garment. Her touch were more efficacious than all other people who were crowding and jostling around Jesus. Because that woman came to Jesus with faith in Christ. That made a huge difference, church. So as we reach out to Jesus, we need to have faith, believing and trusting in Jesus that jesus had the power and the authority believing that he is who he say he is he is the son of god believing that he can do it he has the power he is almighty believing that he's our father in heaven that he cares for us he's almighty he's god he's good and he can do what we ask of him so let me encourage you today Reach out to Jesus, but reach out in faith. We must have faith. Reach out to Jesus, not one or two times, not one or two instances, not one or two prayers, but reach out to Jesus always. And that speaks about perseverance, endurance, persistence. Reach out to Jesus steadfastly, with tenacity, with determination, with long-suffering. Do not give up. Do not ever give up, church. Let nothing hinder you. Not your pride, not your shyness, not your timidity, not your busyness. Reach out to Jesus. Have faith, persistence, tenacity, long-suffering. Don't lose hope. And then, we read that Jesus addressed these women in a very special way. Let's come back to Mark chapter 5, verse 34. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, now Jesus addressed her as, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This occurrence, uh, this, this, this is the only occurrence, church, in the entire book of Mark that Jesus addressed a lady as, daughter. What a term of endearment and intimacy. Who is this woman that she shall be called daughter? Who are we that we should be called a son and daughter of God as we reach out to Him? You see, church, we are made by God and we are precious in His eyes. And that is why God asks us to always cast our care upon Him for He cares for you. And you will receive not only healing, you also receive help. But more than that, God wants you to receive the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life. And that's why we can be called the sons and daughters of God. Jesus says, daughter. The only time in the book of Mark that this occurrence happened Daughter, you see, church, God wants us not just to be safe or to get healing physically, emotionally, but God wants us to have holistic healing and that involves eternal life. You will be safe not just physically, but also spiritually. And that's why Jesus' parting word with the women is truly comforting. Go in peace! As you come to Jesus in pain and losses in desperation, Jesus can heal you when you have faith and perseverance. And as you persist on, Jesus can heal you. And Jesus can say, It's my son, my daughter. Go in peace. Such is the persevering faith that the women had in Jesus. And on that day, she became the daughter of the kingdom of God with God's blessing. The blessing of abundant life on earth, eternal life in heaven. So if you're watching this message and you have, if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, let me encourage you to consider to do so. To put your belief, to put your faith in this God called Jesus. In this person called Jesus. Reach out to Jesus. Believe in Him and you will receive His healing and blessing to become the sons and daughters of God with which the blessing of abundant life, eternal life is yours. Now, let us look back at at Jairus as Jesus continued His attention on him. This entire story started with this synagogue leader named Jairus coming and pleading to Jesus to come to his house to heal his one and only dying daughter. Now, in the midst of hurrying to Jairus' house, Jesus was, in, uh, he asked, he was intercepted by these women. And in the midst of bidding farewell to the women, someone from Jairus' household came and brought bad news. Mark 5, verse 35 says this, While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they say. Why bother to the teacher anymore? Now let's think, let's pause and think for a while. What do you think is going through the mind of Jairus? What was his feeling at the moment that he received the news that his one and only daughter had just passed away? Perhaps, in his mind, he would have said to himself, if only these women have not interrupted Jesus, if these women have not delayed Jesus, then my daughter would not have died. Or perhaps, he may tell to himself, if only Jesus knows how to prioritize because I'm a Jewish leader. I came to Jesus first. How can Jesus heal these women? Why did Jesus didn't follow me all the way through. Surely, I'm more important. I'm a synagogue leader. This is just a woman. Or perhaps, many anxious thoughts will swirl around the mind of Jairus. Many emotions, storms of emotion will be going through Jairus' heart. His will and his hope may have collapsed immediately at the news that his daughter had just died. But when Jesus heard this news, this is what Jesus says. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. Overhearing what they say, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Now church, Jesus says the most incredible word Do not have fear. Just believe. Only believe. In other words, Jesus is effectively saying, stop fearing. Keep on believing. Now remember that uh, Jairus had already exercised faith in the very first place. That he chose to come before Jesus, kneel at the feet of Jesus to plead and ask for Jesus. He already exercised faith. And on the way home, they were interrupted by these women and it resulted in the death of the daughter. But church, do you think that it was a delay? Or do you think that there is a faith lesson that Jairus and also for you and I today that as we read this story there is a faith lesson that we can learn? Now when Jesus says keep on believing what does it mean? Jairus only reference of faith at that time was the woman who was standing there right in front of him who have just been healed by Jesus. Who was just miraculously healed by Jesus. She is the model of faith standing right in front of Jairus. But the seeming delay is now turned into a divine opportunity, a divine providence. Despite all the hopeless situation. The dead situation, Jairus is now has to keep on believing. Believing in what? Believing in the Word of God. To hold on in faith and to believe in the Word of Jesus. Now church, if you want to reach out to Jesus in perseverance and persistence, we must have faith in Jesus and also keep on believing in the Word of Jesus. What is the situation? It's a dead situation. It's a hopeless situation. But what do you believe? Do You just look around at the reality, the dead situation? No. Look at the Word of God. And that's why the Word of God is very important. That's why we need to hide the Word of God in our heart. And church, despite the hopeless situation, Jairus now has to keep on believing in the Word of God. To hold on to faith rather than just human despair. And eventually, if you read on the rest of the passages, five person, Peter, James, John, Jairus and the wife, five person, Jesus brought five of them privately to the room of their daughter and Jesus raised her up. Five person have the privilege to witness the resurrection of this daughter. Brothers and sisters, in the wake of the daunting situation, fear, hopelessness, let me tell you this, all this will not go away. It is part and parcel of our fallen world. But we at times cannot help it but to feel hopeless and fearful. And it's okay because it's our natural responses to the pain and losses. But do not dwell in it. Do not let fear and hopelessness overcome you. Do not give up. Keep on believing. Not in yourself. Not in your own intelligence. Keep on believing in the Word of Jesus. Do not fear. Keep on believing. Have that persistent faith. Believing that all things work together for the good of those who love God. This is the holding on of faith and the never giving up faith that we have to learn. In face of pain, losses, diseases, and death, we need to learn to always reach out to Jesus in persevering, faith, and hope. Now, some of you, you may be thinking, Pastor, does it mean that whenever I have faith, hope, whenever I believe in the Word of God, then I will always be healed from all diseases and be raised from the dead? The answer is yes. Yes. No. Yes, in the sense that ultimately we will have the ultimate healing. The physical healing is just temporal on earth. God will give us the ultimate healing and deliverance and our ultimate deliverance is to deliver from all struggle and sin. And it is found in a place where there's no more tear, no more sorrow, no more pain. In our eternal home, call heaven. But the answer is always, uh, sorry, but the answer is also no. No in the sense that just because you have faith, just because you always believe in Jesus, just because you are a leader, spiritual, devoted, that doesn't mean that Jesus has to heal you. Jesus doesn't owe you anything. It doesn't mean that we will always be kept from death and diseases. And we don't always see that happening to every single person who come to Jesus because of cancer, because of virus. Now, there there are times that Jesus will heal, but there are times that Jesus will not. Why? Because the Kingdom of God is not yet fully realized on earth. God is still at work. We still do hear that Jesus will heal, yes. We still do hear that Jesus raised the people from the dead, yes. But not all the time. This is not the norm. But it is by the grace of God that He will heal. He will still give you the healing. But but more than that, God will give us faith, hope, comfort, encouragement. More than just giving us a reason, a healing, God give us His love. His comfort. We need to keep faith, keep on believing. And this would delight our Father in heaven when we exercise persevering faith. And this is the kind of faith that Joseph had in the Old Testament when he has faith in, in, in God, whereby he's kept his faith and hope in all the pain, suffering, betrayal that he went through for 40 years. Joseph kept believing in God. Although it seems to be man's evil scheme against his life. Joseph says that God intended it to be good. And this is the faith that Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego portrayed when they were threatened by King Nebuchadnezzar. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to the image of gold, they says that even if you throw us into the fiery furnace, even if we die, we will still trust God. We will still serve God. And that is the faith that Apostle Paul had despite numerous prayer to asking God, God, take away the pain. Take away the the, the, the suffering that I have. Take away, oh God, the pain in my flesh, the thorn in my flesh. God did not. But yet, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. That's the kind of faith, perseverance, hopefulness that we need to have. Church, reach out to Jesus. And let me conclude this passage today. When we come to Mark chapter 4 and 5, the author, Mark, wants us to know who Jesus is. That He is Lord over nature, Lord over demon, the Lord over death and diseases. And because Jesus is love, He is compassionate, He's God. He's able. He will be able to reach out to us. And therefore, we need to reach out to Him. And that is where we can find comfort, peace, and joy, even in the midst of storm, pain, suffering, and losses. As we are slowly recovering from the MCO, we are still experiencing the aftermath of the pandemic. Today, You may be experiencing losses, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, vocationally, or spiritually. But let me encourage you once more, reach out to Jesus. This seems to be very basic, but many of us may take it for granted and trust in our own strength and our own intelligence instead. And we end up struggling and we ask, why? And if you're still experiencing pain and losses, this is the time to reach out to Jesus in faith, in perseverance, in hope. And to those of us who are doing well and you are on top of everything, let me encourage you, don't take it for granted. Continue to reach out to Jesus. Don't stop. Don't slack. Don't be sluggish in deepening your relationship with God and with all other believers. Because God yearns for that relationship with Him and with all other believers. Whether in good time or in bad time, reach out to Jesus so that He becomes a natural part of our life. Make it a habit. Make it a lifestyle so that our abiding relationship with God will continue to hold us strong as we become a disciple of Jesus Christ. God yearns to talk to us. God yearns that we reach out to Him, that He will reach out to us, that we will draw near to Him and He will draw near to us. And right now, let me end with this song. An old song, an old hymn that says, Reach Out to Jesus. Let's sing this song, Reach Out to Jesus Together. Vem this courage, remember what to do. Reach out to Jesus. Reach out to Jesus. And he'll reach out to you. As you have heard this message, as you have sang this song, and owe him, let me encourage you once again, church. Let's respond to Jesus. Let's ask yourself these two questions. And these two questions is available in our weekly bulletin in our e-bulletin. You can go to our church website and download that bulletin for this week so that there will be time for you to respond and meditate and also ask yourself these two questions. Number one, reach out to Jesus in our pain and our losses. What are the pain and losses are you facing today? Take time to identify them. And number two, reach out to Jesus through our persevering faith and hope? In what way have you trusted your pain and losses to Jesus? What are the things, what are the ways that is hindering you from trusting Him? And what are the effective small steps that you can take or you have taken? I hope that you will take time to really ponder upon these two questions. Again, these two questions is available in the bulletin go to our church website download it and I hope that it will be a reflection for you let's end with a word of prayer Father Lord we want to reach out to you today we want to reach out to Jesus in good time and in bad time because now is the opportune uh, time to reach out to Jesus to build a strong root in Christ and so Father Lord when we have win and the wave coming to us, the storm of life, we can stay strong because we have roots in You, O Lord. And this root can only be built in the Word of God as we trust in the Word of God. Do not fear, only believe. And in prayer and in abiding in God that we can reach out. And Father Lord, as we reach out, Help us to be stronger, and as we reach out to others, help us to build others to be stronger as well, O oh Lord. And also, Father God, let us rise up in our faith. And church, let me encourage you right now. Raise up your hand, both of your hand, as a gesture to receive that faith, that power, that healing. And let us receive together as we reach out to Jesus together. For now is the opportune time to grow stronger and deeper in faith. And if you are facing pain and losses, Church, whether in your health, finance, relationship, in your career or in your studies, reach out to Jesus right now. Ask God to increase your perseverance and your faith in Him that you might know Him and the power of His resurrection. So right now, as you raise your hand, reach out to Jesus and He will reach out to you because He is God. He is good and He's able. He's compassionate. As you're willing, in your heart, just say, I am willing. In your heart, just tell God, God, I am willing. And He will reach out to you. Come right now. Encounter Him right now. Yes, Church. Hallelujah, Lord. Dear Father Lord, we thank you for your love and for your care. We declare that you are the bread of life and therefore those who are hungry will come to you, eat and be satisfied. That you are the light of the world. Or those who are in darkness, they will see the truth. That you are the door of hope. That those who are lost, they will come before you and they will have hope and protection that You are the Good Shepherd, that those who are afflicted can find hope in You, O God, and that You are the Resurrection and the Life, that those who have lost their way, that can find hope and comfort in Your promise of eternal life, that You are the Way, the Truth and the Life, that those who seek will find, those who walk in the Truth will experience an empowered life, that You are the wine, we are the branches, that everyone who abides in You as what we are doing right now, we will experience abundant joy and fruitfulness. And let us continue, Father Lord, to ponder and to meditate on the Word that we have just shared, to reach out to Jesus in pain and losses, to reach out in perseverance, faith, and in hopefulness, that we will always trust in God, in the Word of God. All this I pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. So, brothers and sisters, I hope that the message once again challenges you, once again encourages you. I hope that you will be blessed, continue to stay strong in the Lord, and I hope that we will be able to see you back in church soon and very soon. So, right now, let me hand the time for announcement as I want to pass the time to Daniel Newton.